Section 17 of Our Cats and All About Them. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Thomas Kuz Kuzmarski. Our Cats and All About Them by Harrison Weir. General Management Feeding Adult cats require less food in proportion than kittens, for two reasons. One is that a kitten is growing, and therefore extra bone, flesh, skin, hair, and all else has to be provided for, while in the adults these are more or less acquired, and also they produce for themselves in various ways in country or suburban localities much live and other food and no animal is the better for over or excessive feeding especially if confined or its chances of exercise contracted i have tried many ways or methods of feeding biscuits of sorts liver lights horse flesh bread and milk rice fish and cat mixtures but have always attained the best results by giving new milk as drink and raw shin of beef for food with grass boiled asparagus stems cabbage lettuce or some other vegetable either cooked or fresh good horse flesh is much liked by the cat and it thrives well on it i do not believe in either liver or lights as a flesh or bone maker besides the beef there are the titbits that the household cat not only usually receives but looks for or expects my dear friend mr john timbs in things not generally known avers that cats are not so fond of fish as flesh, and that the statement that they are is a fallacy. He says, put both before them, and they will take the flesh first, and this I have found to be correct. I should only give fresh fish, as a rule to a cat when unwell, more as an alternative to food. As raw meat, or other raw food, is natural to the cat, it is far the best with vegetables, for keeping the body, coat, and skin in good condition and health, and the securing of a rich, bright, high color and quality. On no account try to improve these by either medicinal liquids, pills, or condiments, nothing can be much worse as reflection will prove if the cat is healthy it is at its best and will keep so by proper food if unwell then use such medicines as the disease or complaint it suffers from requires and not otherwise many horses and other animals have their constitutions entirely ruined by what are called coat tonics 
which are useless, and only believed in and practiced by the thoughtless, gullible, and foolish. Does any one, or will any one, take pills, powders, or liquids for promoting the color or texture of their hair? Would any one be so silly? And yet we are coolly told to give such things to our animals. Granted that in illness medicine is of much service, in health it is harmful, and tends to promote disease where none exists. Sleeping Places I much prefer a round basket filled with oat straw to anything else. Some urge that a box is better. My cats have a basket. It is well to sprinkle the straw occasionally with Keating's powder or flour of sulfur, which is a preventive of insect annoyances, and prevention is better than cure. Never shut cats up in close cupboards for the night. There being little or no ventilation, it is most injurious, pure air being as essential to a cat as to a human being. Always have a box with dry earth near the cat's sleeping place, unless there is an opening for egress near. Do not, as a rule, put either collar or ribbon on your cat. Though they may thereby be improved in appearance, they are too apt to get entangled or caught by the collar, and often strangulation ensues. Besides which, in long-haired cats, it spoils their mane or frill. Of course, at shows, it is allowable. All cats, as well as other animals, should have ready access to a pan of clear water, which should be changed every day, and the pan cleaned. Fresh air, sunlight, and warm sunshine are good, both for cats and their owners. It is related of Charles James Fox that, walking up St. James's Street from one of the club houses with the Prince of Wales, he laid a wager that he would see more cats than the prince in his walk, and that he might take which side of the street he liked. When they reached the top, it was found that Mr. Fox had seen thirteen cats, and the prince not one. The royal personage asked for an explanation of this apparent miracle. Mr. Fox said, your royal highness took of course the shady side of the way as most agreeable i knew the sunny side would be left for me and cats always prefer the sunshine a most essential requisite for the health of the cat is cleanliness in itself the animal is particularly so as may be observed by its constant habit of washing, or cleaning its fur many times a day. Therefore, a clean basket, clean straw, or clean flannel to lie on, in fact, everything clean is not only necessary, but is 
a necessity for its absolute comfort. Mr. Timms says it is equally erroneous that she is subject to fleas, the small insect which infests the half-grown kitten being a totally different animal, exceedingly swift in running, but not salient or leaping like a flea. In this Mr. Timms slightly errs. Cats do have fleas, but not often and of a different kind to the ordinary flea. But I have certainly seen them jump. In dressing the coat of the cat, no comb should be used, more especially with the long-haired varieties. But if so, which I do not recommend, great care should be used not to drag the hair so that it comes out or breaks. Otherwise, a rough, uneven coat will and must be the result. Should the hair become clotted, matted, or felted, as is sometimes the case, it ought to be moistened, either with oil or soft soap, a little water being added, and when the application has well soaked in it, it will be found comparatively easy to separate the tangle with the fingers by gently pulling out from the mass a few hairs at a time, after which wash thoroughly and use a soft, long-haired brush. But this must be done with discretion, so as not to spoil the natural waviness of the hair or to make it lie in breadths instead of the natural, easy, carelessly parted, flaky appearance which shows the white or blue cat off to such advantage. Washing Most cats have a dislike to water, and, as a rule, and under ordinary conditions, generally keep themselves clean, more especially the short-haired breeds, but as is well known, the Angora, Persian, and Russian, if not taken care of, are sure to require washing, the more so to prepare them for exhibition, as there is much gain in the condition in which a cat comes before the judge. There are many cases of cats taking to the water and swimming to certain points to catch fish, or for other food on record, yet it is seldom that they take a pleasure in playing about in it. I therefore think it well to mention that I had a half-bred black and white Russian that would frequently jump into the bath while it was being filled, and sit there until the water rose too high for its safety. Thus cats may be taught to like washing. If a cat is to be washed, treat it as kindly and gently as is possible, speaking in a soothing tone, and in no way be hasty or sudden in your movements, so as to raise distrust or fear. Let the water be warm, but not hot. 
put the cat in slowly, and when its feet rest on the bottom of the tub, you may commence the washing. Mr. A. A. Clark, the well-known cat fancier, says, I seldom wash my cats. I rather prefer giving them a good clean straw bed, and attending to their general health and condition, and they will then very seldom require washing. I find that much washing makes the coat harsh and poor, and I also know, from experience, that it is a work of art to wash a cat properly, and requires an artist in that way to do it. My plan is to prepare some liquid soap by cutting a piece into shreds and putting it into cold water, and then boiling it for an hour. I then have two clean tubs, got ready one, one to wash, the other to rinse in. Have soft water about blood heat, with a very small piece of soda in the washing tub, into which I place the cat, hind quarters first, having some one that it knows perfectly well, to hold and talk to the cat while the washing is going on. I begin with the tail, and thoroughly rubbing in the soap with my hands, and getting by degrees over the body and shoulders up to the ears, leaving the head until the cat is rinsed in the other tub, which ought to be half full with warm soft water, into which I place the cat, and thoroughly rinse out all the soap. Then, at the same time, I wash the head, and then sit in front of the fire and dry with warm towels, and if it is done well and thoroughly, it is a good three hours' hard work. I would add to the foregoing that I should use Naldir's dog soap, which I have found excellent in all ways, and it also destroys any insect life that may be present. Also in washing, be careful not to move the hands in circles, or the hair will become entangled and knotty, and very difficult to untwist or unravel. Take the hair in the hands, and press the softened soap through and through the interstices, and when rinsing do the same with the water, using a large sponge for the purpose. After drying, I should put the cat in a box, lightly, full of oat straw, and place it in front of or near a fire, at such distance as not to become too warm, and only near enough to prevent a chill before the cat is thoroughly dry. End of section 17. Recording by John Thomas Kuz-Kuzmarski www.thenerdcoach.com